welcome to Off Brand, the design podcast with a difference. I'm Oscar, and each episode I'll be chatting to a few colleagues about a topic we care about. In this episode, we discuss the use of personal online data, targeted advertising, artificial intelligence, and we ask the question, is the data trade-off really fair? Afterwards, we asked Johnny what he would do if he were president of the USA for a day. Welcome to our latest episode of the podcast. Um, Today we're going to be talking about the give and take of personalised experiences and whether it's a fair trade-off to give our data in return for a service. Um, I just wanted to start actually with a fun fact which I told you, Bethan, a couple of days ago, um, which is the origins of the word data, which apparently in Latin means something given and uh, which comes from the Latin word dare, which means give, which is quite an interesting point, I think. I love, love, love a language fact. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that would go down well with you. That's why, I couldn't, that's why I couldn't wait to tell you. As soon as Ollie told me, I was like, straight upstairs. Wait, what, is, what does it mean again? It means something given. Ooh. Yeah, isn't that weird? It's almost like... like it does accurately describe what data it is. Because yeah, you wouldn't, but... you wouldn't. Co- who collects data and then not doesn't do anything with it? What's the point of collecting the data oh, and giving it to someone else? Giving it to someone. The bad thing is, when, just when you said that, my immediate uh, kind of language connection was to Daddy Yankee's <laughs> Gasolina song, <laughs> when he goes, "Dame my gasolina," which is "Give me." Really? Yeah. There, there we go. go. See. There we go. <laughs> Never thought lowering the tone right down. Never again. thought you were to use <laughs> we went gasoline. From Latin to Daddy Yankee. <laughs> I love it. Anyway, brilliant. <laughs> um, so, firstly, we're going to just start off with uh, something that probably everyone has heard of before, which is cookies. Um, and we've all experienced uh, the cookies kind of sending us targeted ads if we've viewed a product or been on a web page. Um, so, I wanted to kind of gauge your reaction on when you realise that they're targeted, how do you, how do they make you feel? I know, because you're less bothered, but how does it make you feel? Yeah, I mean, yeah, not, not overly concerned, to be honest. I think, I think because it's just all, they've always been there and it's just sort of like a fact of life and most of them are pretty harmless. It's just like, oh, I was searching on ASOS looking at a, I don't know, a piece of clothing and then sort of follows you around to be honest I've actually got ad blockers on so I don't really see a lot anyway when I'm on a computer I don't really have it on if, if you're you not get it on about it phone. why do you get ad blockers mm. oh. Oh. Mm. <laughs> yes. I don't know why I have an ad blocker now I think it does clutter up a website I must admit Okay. No, so it's more your so design very, very design, yeah. yeah, it's design like, ew, not very nice. Um, have turned it off on some sites, though, because they do ask you very nicely, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> Was that like an illegal film streaming website or something like that? No, like The Guardian. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only ones I get. So really? I'm trying to slightly illicitly watch Oh, my God, they're, they're asking movie. for money, yet they... Just basically <laughs> stolen property. I know. That's so true. <laughs> so what, what a hypocritical move. Yeah. Sometimes they don't like you. No, you can't. Yeah, that's what I mean. Just, you can't do it. Yeah. 
But yeah, I mean, I don't think... You're not that bothered by I it. I mean, no, not really. I mean, they is what it is, really, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the cookie crumbles. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas I do find it creepy. Yeah. Not creepy enough necessarily to never go back to that website again, but it doesn't seamlessly fit in my website browsing journey. I, yeah. I notice it when it happens. I realise what they're, they're tracking. Um, but I guess apart from an awareness, like I don't... It doesn't kind of put me off that brand, so I would never go back and, and use their website again because I guess, to Kirsty's point, a lot of them are doing it. Most websites yeah. have got some... Um, some form of cookies on their site that's tracking and then I guess a lot of retailers will will follow you because it's about awareness and um, the amount of times you've actually seen that product so that it's recall and it's front of mind mm. but I I never click on those ads I never click on them if I see it and I think oh yeah I do want that product I'll go back to the website but I won't click through that well, ad maybe you should click on it because don't they have to pay yeah. for every click yeah that's true Oh. So, you can so click on it and then don't buy it, and then they're like, oh. they go back, yeah, but then they're going to still use it because it's well, still use it anyway, even if you don't use it. Yeah, but you've you've clicked on it, but you've not actually completed the purchase, so you've just so cheesed them. Oh, oh, maybe I should click on them all then. Yeah, That's what I mean. And then go back, clicking it again, go back, clicking it again. <laughs> just too really annoying. Yeah. That'll screw their data, wouldn't yeah, yeah. it? Well, I was like, thinking, I mean, you could really you could ruin a small business, couldn't oh, you? By by capitalising on their Google Ads if you, that if you did yeah 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 I don't think that would be a particularly uh, good <laughs> thing but if you did it with my my sort of slight distaste for Amazon I think I'd be yeah. perfectly happy to give them a couple I just for me it doesn't feel clicks. like <laughs> it doesn't feel like a seamless experience yeah. it does jar yeah it's too obvious it's too forced yeah yeah. Do you reckon in the future there might be like sort of digital screens and they'll just start following you around on that so you'll be walking and then they'll just be like, it's all shoes. <laughs> and just like following you around. Shoes pop up. Or maybe. Yeah, you'd be like I waiting, at, waiting you know, at a traffic light and it comes up. You've got location tracking. People know where you are. Yeah, yeah. true. So it's like a big arrow being like, go to Topshop, which is down there. Yeah, yeah that's great. That's really... You're going to enjoy that. It's the most intrusive <laughs> advertising ever. Um, so, yeah, so kind of thinking about targeting, uh, targeted ads in general, now with the whole rise of uh, AI technology around the world, um, especially kind of online with advertising as well, um, it's now kind of... T- some AI technology is said to be said to have surpassed humans' capability of reading emotion to the point where they can pick up on our emotion, uh, how our mood, uh, what we're thinking, better than a human being could in the same kind of situation. So they're then using this to basically majorly target uh, ads on an even deeper le- personal level. So you mentioned Bethany; it was pretty creepy um, when mm-hmm. it gets like that. But does it? create a better experience I think for me I find it at the moment I find it creepier to think that they're reading my facial expressions I think there's something something quite personal about your face whereas you know clicking on this button and this button button to Kirsty's point what they're going to do with that data um, that will affect me whereas you know is my face going to turn up somewhere 
because at some point are they going to have had to record that face in order to read that data so that that side of it creeps me out like what what happens to my face they're able to visualize they're able to put the data to a face at that point which yeah, is like a whole so new level exactly of, yeah it's even so less could they follow me around who's recording your face well if you had like well, a thing where it was like I don't know. I like, face. So something face I should know. Well, if you think that you know on the iPhone, face ID. Yeah, yeah, face ID. So that's, that's got to be stored Show your somewhere. face every time you open your phone, yeah. and every time they're reading your emotions. I don't have that. Mm. Like, I take face. <laughs> well, I don't either. Because they read my face. Yeah. Johnny um, does though. Johnny, Johnny does. Be the first yeah, but Johnny one to, uh... probably loves that his face data is all that. He's like, yeah, it's take true. it. Have me. But I think that's what I'm. I find kind of creepy. I like, I, I mean, you know, I like, like, I, I guess the reason they're doing this, I like the idea that they have more tailored experiences based on my mood, you know, Spotify, Apple Music, if they um, see that I'm really stressed out or see that I'm really calm and chill or I'm mm. having a party or whatever, then they serve you the right kind of playlist. I think that would be really cool. But I don't think I would give up my face. <laughs> In order to get that experience. Yeah. And if they... So, were, yeah. So the whole, like, give and take thing. For yeah. me, at the moment, that's too far. But then I guess, you know, people change in terms of what they think is acceptable and not acceptable in terms yeah. of what they'll give away. My worry with that is that using emotion to do it is... allows business companies and brands or whatever to then capitalise on... On a fleeting emotion, or an, or capitalise on a, a a negative emotion, yeah, by true. just sort of offering them some kind of financial way out of it. Like if someone's going through the most awful time in their life, yeah, and they're like, "Here's a like some product that we want you to buy from us," but yeah. veiled in this sort of thing of, "Oh, we're just trying to help you out." Yeah, I think that's for me. That's where I'm like, is it really a better experience, or is it kind of like they're just taking advantage? Mm, yeah. I think the big worry with all of this is that you're relying on the integrity of the provider or the person who's collecting the data to properly inform you about what they're going to be using it for mm-hmm. and I think that's the the main issue for the whole of I think for all of all of these companies and users and the big lawsuits that come out and stuff and people get fined a load of money is because they've either completely not mention that they're collecting a specific type of data or they're doing it in a way that's like kind of just avoiding using the actual specific language that they're collecting that so trying to just go like under undercover and just take it without you actually really realizing what you're giving away which that's when it gets really dangerous well not dangerous but where it gets abused and Mm, you don't really know how they're using it as well it's not even they might have got permission to use it in the first place but you don't know how they're then using that data Mm. so I think there's been quite a lot of trust lost certainly over the last couple of years with some of the big names yeah like Facebook and a scandal around Cambridge Analytica yeah 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 well they were selling the data to essentially like political parties so that they could then target yeah better target those sort of people that mm-hmm. are in the far reaches that don't normally engage with politics and those kind of things so mm-hmm. 
Yeah, exactly. Which they blamed a lot of the US election on and Brexit and all of those things. And it came out as well that Cambridge Analytica had worked extensively with like repressive regimes around the world yeah. and stuff to help them get elected. So it's, that's I think that's that's the de- yeah one one of the big dangers is that kind of manipulation of data in order to achieve some kind of result that people aren't actually aware of that Mm. they're doing it for that reason yes i think there's a lot of mistrust around it and i think brands have to do quite a lot if they're if they're really going to consider using this kind of technology and promoting the fact that using this technology they need to have a really clear strategy as to why they're using it and what they're using it Mm. for Mm. so that they're they can be transparent they can be clear with their customers about the purpose of it it seems at the moment most of them are just using it to then sell on to third parties to make more money. Mm. I mean, yeah. seems what they're doing. So, yeah, exactly. So, and I think, yeah, so this kind of goes on to, to sort of automation and uh, the importance of kind of the human the human role in all of these things and and how, whether, whether that's escapable or whether that adds or subtracts from the experience that we have um so yeah do you think it's kind of important for brands to have that human face instead of just just interacting with brands through targeted ads or whatever when you just you're not really into who they are and what what they stand for you're just going through an advert do you think that that just reacting just interacting with the computer subtracts or adds in in a kind of positive or negative experience for me, I think it really depends at the, the point in the customer journey that you're at or mm. the, the style of interaction. So online ordering of, um, I don't know, a takeaway. I, I don't think anyone minds that they don't have to bring up a, a takeaway anymore and they can just go through the database of well-known takeaway brands mm. and input what they want and it's delivered to them. Mm. They. I, you know, consumers at the moment, I don't think, miss any human interaction at that point because they, they value convenience and speed over anything else. But then at the point that something goes wrong or it's more personal to do with your health, etc., you want more reassurance, you might want a human to be involved in that conversation. So I don't think it's, that, I don't think it's a black and white uh, decision or a black and white choice. Brands, I think they really need to think about at what point are they speaking to their customers, how are their customers feeling at that point, what do they need at that point, mm. and then serving them the right experience for that point in the journey. Not just thinking, yeah, let's get a chatbot, like let's get an app because that's what everyone's doing and we need to be digital. And actually that might be completely the wrong thing for their their audience at that point in the journey. Mm-hmm. So I think that's that's really one thing to think about and I think we have to do a little shout out to one of our clients now because it's really relevant for them um a company called Limitless and they're in the customer service sector and for them it's understanding that in some cases for the simple tasks that AI can just bounce back to someone to respond to a customer really quickly efficiently that's great that's what they want but if it gets more serious up to a complaint then that's when a customer service agent in a customer service centre handles that. Mm. They have more training, they have more understanding of the product and what's happening. 
And then in between that, when you want a little bit more human interaction, you want to understand from a real person, they have crowd service or the gig economy that is um, getting bigger and bigger now to, to give a bit of that human interaction, but not to the level that you need someone that's properly trained in the procedures and what's allowed and what's mm. not. Yeah. So I think the customer service industry generally is is quite a way in thinking about when chatbots are right and when you need a real person. And then someone, a, a company like Limitless is then disrupting that by bringing in the, the crowd servicing and machine learning and strengthening their AI and, and all of that. Mm. Yeah, yeah, totally. I think, yeah, I agree. I think that's <clears throat> obviously very much dependent business by business, but there you can't just blanket use one or the other for the entire experience. Mm. I think it's very very important for, for brands and businesses to pick up on where 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 AI isn't there yet or where it kind of lacks and then where humans have a advantage still. Mm. Um and being more kind of picky about it. Yeah, so and and that kind of goes on to, to choice. I mean, it, it sort of goes back to the second point about um, being very much personalised, targeted ads, kind of really getting into your mood and, and how you're feeling at that specific time. Is that, you know, we, we're supposedly given a choice, but does that actually take away from the choice? Are we re- Do we really have a choice if we're constantly getting pushed stuff that, supposedly we want or we need to be end is the kind of end all of that that we just don't choose anymore and it's chosen for us um i guess if you're like kirsty and you're not <laughs> listening anyway yeah you'd say no yeah i don't know i mean i think that's quite broad sort of statement to say that we won't have any choice i think like like Spotify, for example, if there's like, you can only listen to a calm podcast because you're really stressed out. Like, this is the only thing for you. I don't think, like, realistically, they would never do that. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't think that would ever happen, to be honest. Mm. But do you Long think... But I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, mean, I think... I mean, it's entirely hypothetical, but yeah. I think if, if it was, if it does it feel like the choice is being taken away from you? Not really, no. no. Okay. I think, <laughs> but in, in some cases, I think it it is, because if we look at the case of um, voice and the kind of... Um, there's an example, there was a, a story or a video around Alexa and whether it's going to be the death of brand because when you're just, you know, in your kitchen and you say, Alexa, order some more milk or yeah. order some more AA batteries, what they were saying is you don't... If you don't specify the brand, so you don't specify I want Duracell or energizer or other very good quality batteries they'll just pick for you they'll pick for you and they'll, they'll normally pick an amazon own brand mm. because it's in their you yeah. know it's in their yeah, interest yes. to do that and so if you start out of convenience just automating a lot of the purchase decisions you you take out some of the, the influence that a brand can have on that and i don't think that will happen in, in all cases because people have affiliation more to to brands in some sectors than others yeah. you know batteries I don't think anyone has as much loyalty um to compared to you know, I don't know trainers or uh yeah. I guess when um if you're like a brand like Hoover you'd be laughing wouldn't you yeah like, Google order me a new Hoover yeah. like, okay <laughs> there you go 
Mm. And I think I think but also I think it's it's even more that they someone like Amazon can you can type in oh I, I want to buy XYZ and you don't even have to it's like I know the whole thing with Alexa and mm. you've removed the visual side of it but even with um, when you're searching something you'll get all of the Amazon stuff suggested first mm-hmm. and that kind of it might, I mean it must affect competition and stuff for brands themselves um, because you're just getting given a select few project, products that Amazon are backing and kind of mm. so I think I don't know I feel like if I feel like I I feel like the choice is taken away because um, if I'm if it's giving me five different sets of trainers, that is five different. So I've got a choice, mm. but it's not a choice of everything. It's just a choice of the selection that they've predetermined as well. But you could scroll down and find more. Yeah, you could. So you're choosing convenience. Mm. But then I think that's what they're. You're deciding on. to go with whatever Amazon are recommending because mm. it's easier mm. and it's quicker. And you trust Amazon, but you still have the choice to scroll down or to search for a particular brand that you want to search for or to purchase or not purchase from a certain retailer. Mm. I think you have, yeah, I think you have the choice, literally, like you could do it. But I think that it's clever in the way that it almost stops you from... It, it makes it easier options. for you. Yeah, it makes it easier, which you know, therefore it, it you don't... It reduces friction to purchase by handing it to you right there, right then. Mm. And it's doing it for a select number of products that either, you know, depending on the algorithm, they're serving you for a certain reason, you know, whether they've chosen to serve the highest rated or they know something about your other purchase decisions and what you're going to be interested in. So in that case, you're kind of being you are being fed a, a selection that Amazon or whoever have chosen to feed you. But you do also have the choice to... I guess that's the price of convenience, isn't it? Yeah. If you're going to be lazy, then mm. no maybe you should, <laughs> you should uh, just take what you're given. Mm. Well, I think, I mean, I don't, I don't buy much from Amazon, but I think from a... I think that convenience, they're giving you the convenience and that is ultimately benefit. Well, it is mm. benefiting you yeah. and it's benefiting I mean, them. Yeah, you but can't I think, have everything, can you? No, you so. can't. But I think, I don't know, I just feel like, I do feel like it eradicates a bit of choice. I, I guess at the moment we've got some really strong players that arguably are kind of monopolising mm. to a certain extent. Because arguably they, the end result is that the competition does disappear eventually and mm. then you won't have the choice because it will just be Amazon or Amazon. I think sort of society-wise or like legality as well, like monopolies aren't generally something that like people want or an economy mm. needs. Mm. So there's already talk about, you know... Amazon and Google are under like massive scrutiny because they are essentially becoming monopolies Mm. in their sector Mm. and that is something that you know they are well I say they're looking at probably not Mm. we're getting paid nicely to not look the other way yeah (laughs) um so sorry to that point yeah I think it puts more on other brands to up their customer experience though you know because Amazon and Google have got together got to buy 
providing services that people want mm. and by appealing to the needs such as convenience or speed. Mm. So you kind of got to give them credit for the fact that they are actually just, they're reading consumer trends right, they're putting investment into the right areas of development from a kind of capitalist point of view, right areas mm. to to maximise their growth and to give customers what they want. So they haven't got there just by getting rid of competition. They've got rid oh, of competition by giving them. people. Well, yeah, maybe. That's their whole business model is that they, they get a shop that's supposedly selling independently of Amazon, pick mm. up on it. If it's doing really well, they just put that to the back, put their own product in front and buy them out. So I think... I think maybe it goes into a whole moral sphere, I think, then, of, of kind of, like, what... How yeah, fair guess, it is of a... I guess we're fixating quite a lot on people like Amazon, mm. or companies like Amazon. But it's it's the same across a lot more industries than that, that yeah. the ones that are thriving and succeeding are the ones that are changing to meet changing customer behaviours, consumer behaviours, and the ones that are, you know... Um, ceasing to exist without being too dramatic <laughs> and going extinct um, are the ones that aren't aren't doing that and that's always been the case mm. you know you could argue that you know rise of the car got rid of carriages horse drawn it's the same kind of process it's just we're seeing it in areas that we wouldn't normally or over history haven't expected to see it in so people are a bit more shocked but it's always been the way that you have to keep innovating you have to keep yeah. evolving mm. so I get your point about Amazon but I think they're, they're one example mm. and I think there are other examples where you wouldn't feel quite so outraged by someone coming in and improving an experience and those with a poor experience being left behind yeah fair point very fair point um, so I think that kind of goes nicely on to the main the main theme of this entire episode, which is, is that is your exchange for your data worth the experience that you actually get in return? So is it an equal trade-off? And is it also a transparent one as well? Are we, kind of goes back to what we mentioned at the beginning, but are we aware of what we're giving away in mm. return? Um, because we, we judge services and apps and things like that by how useful or, or what they do for us as a person. But a lot of these apps and a lot of these things are only useful if they have our data. Mm. So it kind of renders them useless for them and for us mm. if we don't give them their data. So is that, do you think that's a fair trade-off? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, done. Next question. <laughs> no. um, it kind of depends. It's like, I guess, if you're, yeah, if it, it helps improve if you're using an app and your data obviously then helps improve your experience, then obviously then that's fine. It's just the sort of sketchy territory of when third parties then get sold on, so can buy your data, or it gets passed on to them for whatever reason. I mean, what they're going to do with it, I don't, I mean, it's bizarre, like what, your birth date, your name, mm. your age, like what can they really glean from that? I guess it's just... Well, I mean, they can, they can build up a, a picture of, of what you're like. I mean, I think you're... my data's already out there. <laughs> I've had my same email address for like my dad set it up. Like, it's that old, so yeah, yeah. And I think yeah, exactly. And I think it's that. 
I think for me, it's the transparency. It's the, I don't mind if it's, like you said, if I'm giving it to a service I want to use mm-hmm. and, I, and I, they need to know about me in order to give me the best experience of what I want from it, yeah. then I'm fine with that. But I think the big issue is transparency and, and what that, firstly, what that data can be used for. Secondly, where that data is going and yeah. who has control of it. I think that one of the, dodgy things is when you know you get a, a new app and it's like oh you can sign up with your facebook account mm. and it's like facebook will yeah, can have access to like yeah. this this and this and this yeah. and you're like why oh, i just want to yeah. it's just an easy way to sign up again it's going back to that convenience but yeah it's like if you want to do that then you know you have to hand over a little bit someone some in yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a bit of your soul <laughs> yeah literally but that's like, i never do that i never sign up Oh, I think Facebook. with Facebook no, or Instagram either. or anything I because either. I don't I don't want that connection yeah. mm-hmm. and they can probably get connect them some other way yeah uh, but I don't want to openly yeah I think I went through and like called a few from like I went onto like my Facebook like settings and could see which apps had like access to it I guess mm. it works both ways although Facebook can see what don't know if they can see what you're doing on the app but the app can kind of see what you're doing on facebook and like who you're friends with and stuff mm. yeah i had to go through it and i was like there's a lot on there <laughs> <laughs> I, to, like, I was like no you don't need access you don't need access to that like and it's quite interesting that you can sort of mm, can determine what how much access they have to yeah. it mm. um, and also i think that you've forgotten which ones you gave access to yeah because i find apps this i didn't even problem. use anymore yeah that's just what I was thinking. Like, how many apps have I had that I've had to get rid of because I don't have storage on my phone? Yeah. But I haven't... They've got, like, a little thing you know, in your data. They've got data mm. in there of mine. Have I stopped giving them permission to, you know, take data from other places when they were mm. kind of accessing it? Yeah. And I think it's the small print as well. That it's one of these things where we just accept them without really reading any terms and conditions. Yeah, just scroll, scroll, scroll. Yeah, it'll be like, we need we need access to this in order to provide you with XYZ service. But then they don't say anything else that they're going to be... I think a good example of it was this, um, the Spanish La Liga, I think oh, it was yeah. La Liga, got in trouble um, for basically... It was like an app for where you could... Um, where you could like got like commentary didn't it yeah it's just like analytics from the match yeah like, it was something like you could you could have it along with scored this amount of goals yeah and then it basically enabled the microphone it was like we need to access the microphone but it didn't say like why or anything um and then it's and it only gave like two reminders and then what it was doing was every single time a game was on and and the phone was in the pocket it would turn on the microphone remotely and listen to like whatever was going on in the the wherever they were. So if they thought that a game was being played without the rights in a pub or a bar or something in Spain, um. they could then like listen in and tell like pinpoint the location and see whether that place had that establishment like, had the correct had the license. Correct licenses. And they got in, like, they got fined, like, so They didn't much get money. fined that much. It was, like, 200 grand or something. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought it was, I was in the like, millions. is that it? And they were yeah. like, we're going to appeal because blah, yeah. blah, 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 We didn't break any rules. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, they genuinely were just, like, listening in your pocket. So they picked up everything. They tried it's to say, like, like oh. It's a grey area. Like, oh, we were given permission. Yeah. yeah. But it's not our what? fault that people didn't look in the terms and conditions. Yeah. I think they got fined because... Um, it wasn't obvious when you when an app's listening to you when it's recording sound it has to 
like physically show that it's doing it. So you know with oh, like Shazam, okay. mm. it's like really obvious when it is doing it. But with this app, they didn't. So that was yeah. one of the main reasons why they got fined yeah. because okay. it was unclear as to when the data was being collected. Okay. There's things like that that's interesting, isn't there, from a design point of view to build into the experience so that you can have that transparency. Mm. I mean, know, I don't think okay. they wanted that's any it. level of transparency. No, but like Shazam, for yeah. example. And I think going forward, brands need to learn from that yeah. to go, right, well, if we're going to do this, we need to make sure that part of the experience is people Super seeing. Obvious. Yeah. And I think As that leads that's through design, design, right? Hopefully mm. building more trust through your consumers. Exactly. By being yeah. More transparent. Yeah. I think the thing is we're just not, with brands that we trust, we don't question enough. You know, I know I don't, because I think, you know, if it's I just a trusted assume the worst brand, of you, all of them. Yeah, I'm like, they're probably, there's something probably very sketchy going on here. <laughs> but you're going to do it anyway. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> convenience, <laughs> hey. <laughs> Sign me up. <laughs> um, so that, and that leads nicely on, Beth, into the kind of final point, which is, do we have a responsibility within the design industry to... Open a dialogue between brands and customers, but also, like I was saying, that transparency transparency thing of, of, of awarding them the right of being able to know when data's being collected. Is that something that's the responsibility of the design industry to implement? Yes. Yes. I guess it's almost like we need to be up to date on what's actually legal and what's mm. not. Mm. But then it's like, if, it's, if it isn't legal, but we feel like it's a bit like treading the line between like okay and not okay then do we stay the wrong side or go to the right side the right side yeah. Yeah. okay okay good always, to know. always the right side <laughs> of the law okay <laughs> maybe if it's if it is legal uh, i think of mor- morality yeah, yeah. I mean, if like the law's not quite if it's a bit of a gray area to what's actually happening in the real world which i mean i think we all have to have a responsibility of if it, if it's not a kind of regulated thing, mm. doing enough customer surveys, enough customer testing to understand what consumers feel comfortable with yeah. and what they don't. Because I think it's if it's a grey area, you shouldn't just plough ahead and be like, ah, it'll probably be fine. Mm. Don't worry about it. Yeah. That's probably then the point to actually speak to consumers themselves, yeah. understand what they are what willing to want? give away. Yeah. Would you be happy to give up this? And I'm sure a lot of brands do do that. But I think that's probably the way forward is when you're unsure, ask the audience. True. Phone a friend. Yeah. So today, the fun part of the uh, podcast, which we did last time, which is uh, what would Johnny do? Which is uh, where we think of a hypothetical situation and then put our design director, Johnny, into that situation and try to imagine with our wide imaginations what Johnny would be doing in that situation. So today's one is... What would Johnny do if he was president for the day? President of the United States. Let's go with the United States. Yeah, yeah. I hate it. What would you? Think. What would you? What do you think? Um, is, what do you think is first? I think he'd do like some kind of like. I don't think he'd do any like make any laws or anything. He would like abuse the power. Mm. Do you think? Yeah, I don't think he would sort anything out. <laughs> He'd like leave that. You think he'd just make beach. the White House a giant club? Or That's like, yeah. what I was going to say. Beach, beach club. Or like take Air Force One, turn that into a club, yeah. to go to a club. Mm. 
Yeah, or a football match or something. He'd have to fly quite far, wouldn't he, to Mm. get to a soccer game. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. I think, yeah, I think he'd... His whole presidency would just revolve around what was going on in the White House, I think. Beyond the gates of the White House, he'd be... Or he'd go to Area was it Area 51, finally find out what's what's there. I think that's more I, yeah. I would do. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know. <laughs> yeah, maybe. That could be quite a fun one. He, like, grabs Air Force... Whatever it's... Air, Air Force, Force One. one. <laughs> just gets dropped off in Area 51. Parachute in. Yeah. No. Yeah, I don't really know. I can't really think of what else he'd... There's too many possibilities. There's too many possibilities. But then also, if he was going to make a law or a policy or something, I think he'd, again, his his thought his thought wouldn't be on sort of like alleviating worldwide suffering or oh, something. Oh, I or... think you're being too harsh. I don't know. Is he, sorry, is he president for a day? Or if he were to become president from now on? From now on, I think... Because I did I think say those for a two day. Different answers. They are for a day. I did say so for a day. That's why I think okay. he'd go. He's got a bit of a jolly. Exactly. He's okay, got fine. A bit that, of a... that probably changes my answers because I was thinking. To be fair, he mm. is a nice guy, and I think he's got good morals, so I think he would make things better. But yeah. he ain't got the time. No, if he's only it's got a day, it's like make the most of it. He would. I think he'd have to go quite individual, individualist. It's quite a hard one. It is a hard one. He's only got a day. Kind of privileges do you get when you're president, apart from Air Force One and knowing what's the contents of Area Fifty One is. <laughs> I doubt they've told Trump though. Do you reckon? Yeah, I wouldn't. I mean, if I wanted to keep something secret, the last person I'd tell is Donald Trump. Apart from he's your commander in chief, so you have he to. He has to know. Well, just lie. <laughs> just be, it's like it's some it's a theme park. Or Isn't something. that true then? Yeah, but again, we're talking about Donald Trump. Right. You know. <laughs> He's, he's already ticked, he'll, he's ticked the treason box come on <laughs> I, mean. I think all the rules and regulations <laughs> double ticked gone out the window a long time ago um, yeah I think overall I think Johnny would probably go on a Johnny rampage of basically pleasing all of his personal likes like football um, oh that's, that's what he would do change American football to, to English to be, football oh yeah, no it'd soccer. have to be known as American football and soccer would be football. normal football yeah yeah, that would be a, Got, yeah. that's a very sorry good, that was a real that is a good <laughs> one that would saying. be a good yeah I can imagine Johnny doing that policy that's a good one yeah let's go with that let's go with that so Johnny would he'd come into office he'd have a little jolly on Air Force One mm. go to Area 51 check it out yeah. and then he'd basically just abolish soccer as yeah. a word and replace it with football okay to round the day off to round the day off <laughs> I think that would satisfy him, to be honest. Should we get him in? Yeah. yeah. See where he is. So, welcome back, Johnny. Um, Recording? Yes, yeah. we are. Um, so, we've got another question for you, because your last one was really good. Um, so today, the what would Johnny do category is, what would Johnny do, or situation, hypothetical situation, is what would Johnny do if he was the president of the United States for one day. Wow, there's so much you could do in a day. <laughs> but you only have one day. One yeah. day only. 24 yeah. hours. <clears throat> yeah. You know what? I'd probably just walk around the White House. Just 
Let's see what's going on in there. <laughs> Find if there's any like red buttons you can push. Oh yeah, that's yeah. Go into the control room, lock myself in, press all the buttons, <laughs> and then leave. <laughs> Perfect. That's it. That's yeah. I mean, it's a big place. That's probably a lot of buttons, a lot of buttons as well. Push. Yeah. <laughs> can't I'm believe sure I can't all you do shit. is just push some buttons. I walk around the right house. You can't do much in a day, like actually get anything done. Achieve. You can't achieve more peace in a day. Yeah. So just, yeah. Okay. So you just sort of do a little tour of the White House and then... Yeah. Be like, what's that do? Press it. Press it. And then just hope for the best <laughs> or hope for the worst. Also maybe play a massive game of hide and seek. That's, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. Sardines. Everyone, like the whole of the United States, <laughs> comes to the White House yeah. playing hide and seek. Yeah, have a massive house party. <laughs> house party. House party. We yeah, so we did get that kind of right. So I mean, that's a really good. That's a good answer. So our answer was that you would essentially take office. You'd like turn Air Force One into a sort of like pseudo club, plane flying club thing, uh, yeah. and then you'd. Head over to Area 51 to like check out what's in there, see like once and for all what's going on there. And then you'd um, you'd come back, and the final thing you'd do just to top off the day would be to uh, abolish the word soccer and force them to use the word football. Yeah, so you'd have American football or football, and they have to change their spellings of like oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, business (laughs) recognize. Okay, yeah. Well, thanks, Johnny. Yeah, this is. <laughs> oh God, we created. Right. Well, thanks, Johnny, and that just about rounds off the podcast. <laughs>